Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. (laughs) We're going to talk about homecoming season, right? So (laughs) at the time of this recording, it's what we call homecoming season. Um, This is the time of the year where a lot of colleges have their homecoming games. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I got a chance to go back to my alma mater, uh, South Carolina State University, and experience homecoming. And it was my first homecoming that I had attended in the last five years. So I got some stories. (laughs) Uh, So I guess I probably should start with the, the obvious. Uh, what is homecoming? Homecoming is, and, I, and I'm going to speak from an HBCU perspective because South Carolina State University is a HBCU, a historically black college and university. Uh, I can't tell you what happens at the white schools. <laughs> I don't know how homecoming is. Although I will say uh, my homegirl, one of my best friends, uh, you heard on this podcast, Dr. Jamel, um, she went to Duke and she said Duke had a live homecoming. I that's kind of hard for me to believe, but hey, Duke, I mean, she she went to Duke football games. She never went to a basketball game in her career at Duke. So go figure. <laughs> but um, shout out to Jamel. Um, nonetheless, uh homecoming, uh, it's a chance for you to come back to the school. Uh, it's surrounded obviously by the game, uh, the homecoming game. Um and you know you get a chance to reconnect have fun party and hook up you know um for whatever hookup could be and it's it's different because my experiences with homecoming when i was in school are totally different than my experiences as an alum um when i was in school as many of you know, or maybe you don't know, I played football at South Carolina State. So um, we didn't <laughs> we didn't participate in the homecoming activities uh, throughout the week or anything like that because you couldn't because the focus was class and football or for some football and class or for others, just football. Um, but yeah, it was you didn't participate in that stuff because you know we had you just you just didn't have time to be honest um and i remember someone telling me it was like you know you'll understand and appreciate homecoming a lot more when you become alum as opposed to because now you really can't do anything so we hung out and we're kicking and party after the homecoming game after you know on saturday night but other than that my homecoming experience uh you know relatively speaking during the week was non-existent i mean you might catch a party if you were bold enough to go out but i mean you know the coaches knew that you know it was homecoming weekend it was parties every night so they were going to be checking curfew so you didn't want to break curfew so whatever um but uh one of the, the the key things that i learned a couple of years ago um as an alum and i graduated in 1996 so it's been this year, I'm celebrating 25 years, 
graduate and be an alum. So I learned early, you know, that uh, <laughs> I saw people come back to homecoming and, and they quickly realized, like, you can't go hard like you used to. You You just can't. Like, the idea or the concept of partying all night, tailgating, getting drunk, you know, when you get older, man, <laughs> it's just not the plan. It's just not the move. But some, you know, get back on campus and think that they're 18 again. And you know, I, I understand. I get it. Right. Um, but this year was kind of cool. Actually, this year was really, really, really cool. Um, first, the, you know, the the obvious um, dealing with COVID. Um, you know, this was our first homecoming within the pandemic. Um and so the university issued a statement that they encouraged people to get a COVID test prior to coming to homecoming. Um, they scaled back on some of the events also, uh, like there was no homecoming parade, which was, you know, I understood. I mean, you you want to try to mitigate as much as you can as far as large crowds, but you're going to a, a football game. So, I mean, <laughs> you can't social distance at a football game. You can't. You know, they encourage people to wear a mask, even though the game was outside. Um, but my wife and I, I mean, my wife is an alum as well. You know, that's, that's where we met. Uh, we both got, you know, COVID tests before we left to go to. Um, so we got our results before, uh, like, the day of homecoming, I guess, that Friday. Um, but we didn't leave until Saturday. We just, because where my school is located in Orangeburg, South Carolina, it's only three-hour drive from atlanta where i live so you know we we skipped we normally would get down there on fridays early friday but you know like you said with covid we just we kind of scaled back a little bit too you know we wanted to kind of you know obviously be as safe as you possibly could um but uh but that was cool and i know a lot of people that got tested and then subsequently you know we got tested a couple of days after we got well maybe about a week after we got back just to make sure um because that's what you want to do. You want to make sure that, you know, you're not spreading the virus or that you have it or anything like that. So you want to be as safe as possible. Um, I had my mask on, particularly at the game. And, but, you know, there are times when you take it off, you're eating or drinking or you're talking to people or whatever the case may be. I tried to keep my distance as much as I could, um, you know, but there were times where I was around people that I knew what I did have my mask on. So, I mean, you know, but we were outside and I tried to, again, try to do my best, um, try to be as safe as possible. And it's something that obviously was in the back of my brain and, you know, you're at the game and a lot of people didn't have on masks and you're sitting outside and the wind is blowing. Um, now I will say this much. Um, <laughs> it was hot. Um, it had been a minute since I had been to a homecoming game where it was that hot. Like, the temperature was, I think it was 86. Um, and where we were tailgating at, and I'll get to that in just a minute, where we were tailgating at was on our football practice field. And that field holds heat. Like, it retains <laughs> and it keeps heat like you wouldn't believe. And I know that from playing football. So it was probably about a good 90 two 93 degrees on that football on that practice field while we were tailgating so um tailgated uh actually went to two tailgates uh, my brother who's also an alum 
um, he and my sister-in-law came down. She's an alum as well. They came down and they had a tailgate. And um, and then some of my teammates had a tailgate. So I was at kind of back and forth between both tailgates. But, um, you know, always good seeing my brother, my my, uh, my niece, my uh, sister-in-law. Um, and it was just good seeing people, man. I, I think overall, even with COVID, South Carolina State's homecoming wasn't as large as it normally is. But that was cool because I think considering the fact that we are in a pandemic we had more than enough people there it wasn't overcrowded but it was a nice crowd a nice crowd at the game um and that was cool because again you know we're in the middle of a pandemic so you want to try to keep it as as cool as possible uh because the numbers aren't going down anytime soon right so we did that and tailgate was dope man it was dope tailgate with my teammates uh i met some teammates some younger cats who i didn't know um i just knew from my group chat and uh <laughs> wild dudes man and then it, just seeing some of my old teammates for me it's, it's always a pleasure because you know very few people know what you do as an athlete or what you've done as an athlete other than the people that went through that same particular path with you and you know, to to see guys that you fought with and and blood, sweat, and tears with on the football field is 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 precious. And I, I don't take those experiences and times lightly because we get together and of course we're talking shit and we're reminiscing about what happened in one particular game or what happened on the practice field or what happened in the dorm or just just crazy stories. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's always dope to uh, you know connect with my teammates um obviously if you know me and you know you listen to this podcast uh one of my closest friends and one of my teammates my man mo was there uh and you know before i could get settled in on campus you know one of the first people i saw was this cat he was like yo where mo at <laughs> so that's that's the common question like people will ask me where's mo because we were always together um on the football field off the field and uh you know, so people would ask where Mo was or, you know, if they saw him, they they say, yo, where's KD? They want to know where KD is. So um, that's always comical in and of itself. Like, and we kind of go back and forth between each other. Be like, yo, did you see such and such? Hey, such and such, ask my, did you see such and such? Like that. So, um, but yeah, I got a chance to hang, hang out with him. And, you know, that, that's my dog. So it's always cool. Um, and then obviously with my wife being an alum, people asking, well, where's Sharice? Oh, I saw Sharice earlier, you know, so I got a lot of that because it's funny because like we <laughs> we went to the game together and we hung out like when we first got there. And then when it was time for her to get with her, you know, sorority sisters or whatever, Deltas, I, they she went over there and I went over here with my teammates. And so, like, you know, for a large part of the day, you know, we we knew where we were, but we didn't we, we weren't up under each other or anything. And that's cool. I mean, like. I, I get it. She needs to spend time with her friends and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I spend time with my teammates and we ain't tripping. Um, so that was cool. I, I could actually, when we sat in the stands, I could actually see her from where I was sitting. But um, but nonetheless, she was uh she was with, you know, her crew or whatever like that. So that was cool. Um, but it's always interesting people saying, Well, you know, well, where's oh, I saw Sharice earlier, she was over there. Like I was like, You you don't have to explain to me where I know she's around here somewhere. So um but it's always good seeing old friends. Um, always good seeing old friends. I saw 
<laughs> I saw one of my boys, um, this cat named Psycho. I'm not going to get into how he got the name Psycho, but me and Psycho, we've been down since our freshman year. He lived he lived in the dorm. He lived across the hall from me in the dorm in Mitchell Hall. And, um, man, it's good seeing Psycho. Uh, Psycho's one of the – Psycho's he, – he's short, right? And I'm short. So, like, Psycho's like <laughs> – I'm 5'7". Psycho's probably like five, six and a half. Like I'm a little bit taller than Psycho. But <laughs> we, when we were in school, we always used to have like these short jokes for each other. Like me and Psycho would literally sit in a dorm and like crack jokes on each other about being short or how tall we were literally for like hours at a time i mean like some of the best short jokes i've ever heard has come from him like <laughs> and i'm sure he, he he'll say the same thing but it was good seeing him I, I knew he was coming i didn't i didn't see him until the end of homecoming but i saw him and adapted him up hugged him and uh, we chopped it up for a quick second um who else did i see oh <laughs> my man chris harley i'm gonna give his full government name chris harley uh it's funny because I was on campus and I was about to leave campus for the day for on Saturday. And I was walking toward my brother's tailgate and I saw this dude and I, I, so he had, I saw him from the back and I just, I really wasn't even paying attention. I was walking through a crowd of people. I had my mask on and it was starting to get dark. Um, and so <laughs> I kind of looked to the left, I mean, my right. And, I realized it was him. So then I walked around and I positioned myself because he was talking to a young lady. I was I positioned myself where he could see me, but he was so focused in on the little the young lady. And the lady looked over like, why is this dude staring? So I was standing at him and I and I, I was in like my little B-boy stance. And um I, I was staring at him. And then he said, Excuse me, one second, one second. So he came over, gave me dab, we hugged up, and um so he started chopping up. So he went, he's like, man, he said, I got something for you and I'm going to give it to you just because I love you and you my boy. And I said, like, what you got? So he went in the bag. This fool, <laughs> he gave me a bottle of apple Ciroc. I mean, a bottle of Ciroc. Who walks around with a with a bag full of, of bottles of apple Ciroc? But um, that's just Chris, man. So in typical Chris fashion, after he gives me the bottle of Ciroc, he does what I knew he was going to do. He started talking about Tupac and Biggie, which has been the thing that if you know me and Chris, that like even on social media, that's the thing that we've always gone back and forth about Tupac and Biggie. And so he asked this young lady, he said, well, he said, I got to ask you a question. He said, now you tell me who's better, Tupac or Biggie? Like, and I was like, man, you really doing this right here in front of this young lady? So I was like, I said, she don't want to embarrass you. She's going to say Tupac just because she like you like that. So we just we laughed about that. But it was good seeing him. Um who else did I see? I saw a lot of people. Um, oh, man, listen. I saw Crystal. Um, Crystal is one of my best friends. Man, me and Crystal, we we literally go back to, like, our freshman year. Like, I'm talking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, no hours freshman year. Like, <laughs> So, Crystal, I was at the tailgate with my teammates, and um one of my teammates who was djing shout out to dj dre uh dj dre.com um 
Dre had a stage where we were tailgating. So I was standing up on the stage. I didn't have a microphone, but uh, I was standing up on the stage. And Crystal had run into Sharice, and she was like, she was like, where's my boy? And she was like, oh, he's over there with his teammates. He's standing on stage. <clears throat> and so, excuse me. And so she walks over, and I don't see her at first. And then she just comes and stands in front of the stage, and she's just smiling. And I was like, yo. So I jumped down, give her a big hug, and um, we chopped it up. And it's like, man, I haven't, I hadn't seen Crystal. I mean, we're, you know, friends on Facebook or whatever, but I hadn't seen Crystal probably in about, damn, it's been about eight or nine years. It's been a minute. And, you know, we talked and I was like, I said, man, we need to keep in touch. We got to do a better job. She was like, man, I know. I, I know. She was like, I'm going to call you. So we're going to talk because um, we got to catch up. It's It's been so long since I've talked, but it was good seeing her, good seeing her and the crew. Um, you know, we have a pretty nice size campus. So honestly, there were some people that showed up at homecoming that I found out on social media later that they were there, but I didn't see them. So, I mean, it happens. Um you know, but homecoming is always interesting when you see people, especially, you know, this year with the pandemic, you know, you got people walking around with masks on. So uh, I took a bunch of pictures. Um, I took some selfies with some friends. But there's some people that you just don't know. <laughs> and one of the things that I realized is I'm bad with names, right? I'm really, really bad with names. Um, like, and if you're ever with me, you can tell if I know somebody based on my reaction to what I say when I see them. If I hit you with the, hey, what's up, lady? What's good? What's good? I don't know you. <laughs> I mean, I know you, but I don't know your name. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm bad with names. I'll never forget a face. I always remember a face, but I'm bad with names. And, you know, with, like I said, with the pandemic, you had some people who had, you know, um, mask on, others that didn't. But, you know, everybody don't look the same like how, how they did 25 years ago. You know, everybody, for the most part, has gained some weight. I mean, you know, I'm not even the size that I was when I was in college. Um, I still look the same, I think. Um, but you know, it's, that's just what it is. So it's like, <laughs> you can see some people and some people have, you know, gotten bigger and you may not reckon. And then there's some that got smaller, you know, um, I got a couple of teammates that were big when we were in school and they lost weight for health reasons. So they're really, really much smaller now. Um, and that's a good thing. Um, but I'm just homecoming just makes me realize like I'm bad with names. I'm really, really bad with names. And it's funny because it's like I saw a couple of people that I'm friends with on Facebook and I don't know their name. <laughs> I don't know their names. Um, and I gotta do better at that. But again, I don't forget faces. I don't forget faces. Um I'm I'm really, really good with faces. And I'm very good at having a conversation with you without ever mentioning your name. <laughs> I think that's a lost art, you know, um, being able to have a conversation. And I tell my wife this all the time, like, if I don't introduce you to him or her by name, then I don't know them. I remember their face 
and I was cool with them, but I don't remember. Um, and she's kind of gone along with that, but no, I, I'm I'm really bad with names. Here's what I always say. People will see you at homecoming and remember you from what they remembered you for at school. That's it. Like nothing more, nothing less. So whether it be the fact that you were the guy who, I don't know, caught the game winning touchdown pass against your rival or you was the fly girl back in school and, you know, used to try to play high post. Um, or if you were the girl who had sex with five guys in the dorm, <laughs> or if you were the guy who got stomped out at the frat party, people will remember you from what they remember you in school for. So it doesn't matter when you come back to homecoming and let's say you were lame when you were in school or cause yeah. Cause I'll, I'll say that. Cause some people honestly were pretty lame at school when we were in school. And, you know, college is a really interesting place because, you know, particularly on a black college campus, because everybody's we're not a monolith of people, you know, like we're very, very different. Um, you know, I remember just being from Florence, South Carolina, and then going to South Carolina State in Orangeburg, South Carolina, and meeting people from all across the state of South Carolina from in places that I never even heard of. And then you got people from all across the country. We had people from out of out of this country that went to school there. So it was just like, wow, like, you know, we're not the same. You know, you know, people think, oh, yeah, it's a black college, black, black kids. You know, it'll be blah, blah, blah. No, it's different. Very different. And it's a beautiful thing and a beautiful experience. I would tell anybody um, the HBCU experience is one that I, I've said before, and I'll say it again. It's worth repeating. Um, if I could bottle it up and put it in a bottle and sell it, I would probably be Jeff Bezos. I mean, I would make that much money from it, honestly. Um, but yeah, people remember what they remember you for. So it's like, you know, you got some people that, you know, you know, let's say she was the fly girl that, you know, tried to play high post when we were in school. And now, you know, after a couple of kids and everything, you know, she ain't, maybe as fly as she once was <laughs> um but people are people man so you know i think there was a time where earlier after i got out of school um man i say probably about the first 10 years of being an alum when you went back to school for homecoming and and most most schools can identify with this when you went back it was um who you were versus who you are now. Um, because on your campus, again, people know you. You know, you can be who you want to be on social media. And, you know, if you know me personally, you know, Kyle and 12 Kyle are the same. <laughs> I don't get on this microphone and become somebody that I'm not. Conversations I have here, the same conversations I had, I'd have in Bethay Hall or I'd have at Belcher Hall, or wherever. Um, but, you know, it was things change, obviously, over a period of time. And, you know, whether that's your social media status or your marital status or your financial status, because, you know. I've seen people and known people that, you know, if, if they kind of if they messed up in the game, they're not coming back to homecoming. If they're going through a divorce, they're not coming back to homecoming. If they're 
you know, pockets ain't right, you know, because you're going to spend money at homecoming. You, you just are. I mean, most people like me don't live where the school is located. So it's going to the cost of travel, you know, whether or not you got to fly or drive and hotel and all of this good stuff like that. So, I mean, you're going to spend money going wherever you go to, for your homecoming. That's that's a given. Um, I'm fortunate in that I only live three hours away from the school. But, you know, if I lived in Minneapolis, <laughs> I'd have to fly, rent a car, get a hotel room, blah, blah. You know, I mean, so it, it can be, you know, so I've seen people where they have skipped out on homecoming because financially, financially just wasn't feasible. And I get it. You know, I mean, like we have four kids. So I don't think I don't think there was ever a time where we took all of our kids with us like this particular this year. We did not take um, our son, Brandon, and our daughter, Skylar. Um, they stayed here with their grandparents. But um, I mean, it's been years where you know we've taken our kids. Um, but for the most part, you know, it can be expensive. So I understand how and why some people, you know, may feel like, OK, well, I'm just not straight right now to go. Um, and I, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, this is my first homecoming in the last five years. So, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know the re I mean, like a couple of years, like, you know, especially as the kids got older, um, Cameron was playing football. I was coaching him and then Dion started, um, in the band and, you know, just depending on the week that homecoming landed, whether it was, you know, up in the air, whether or not I was going or not. So. Uh, I'm going to try to make it my plan to come back each year as I did. But like my first, my first 10 years out of school, I didn't miss a homecoming. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because some people, you know, honestly, not just the South Carolina state, but a lot of schools, um, they graduate and never come back. I don't know why everybody has their reasons. Um, and there's also, you know, whatever attachment or, connection that they have with the school um so it just depends um and then i think also i mentioned earlier like your connection to people to your fellow alums um is what normally used to be a driving force for you to go back to school but with the advent of social media we're now constantly talking to our friends and stuff that we went to school with so you know it's like do i really want to go to homecoming to see everybody that i see on facebook and twitter and instagram that's a call you got to make um but everybody's not on um facebook twitter and instagram and to be honest even the people that i saw that i see on facebook and twitter and instagram um it's still dope to see them and hug them and talk to them i will say your, your conversations at homecoming are really really interesting um just to give you an example like our tailgates are huge and this year was different because tailgating um they the game homecoming game normally starts around starts at 1 30 and then so you you have the on, on a quote-unquote normal homecoming you'd have the homecoming parade that would go from like nine to noon and then at noon, people start making their way to um, to the stadium, uh, inside the stadium, and then game kicks off at 1, 1.30, right? And so that's normally how it goes. But because of COVID, there was no parade, so they decided at South Carolina State this year to 
push the game back to 3.30. So great weather, heat, <laughs> so and no parade to get up for. So people, you know, so if people partied um, Friday night, you know, they probably just kind of laid around, kind of took it slow. But it also gave you a chance for those who were tailgating. I know people that were tailgating, you know, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. So they were out there early drinking. So, you know, especially when you get older, you get in your 30s and 40s, even older, you know, how that liquor goes all day, you know, how you handle it is, is it could be hit or miss. And so, um, so yeah, that, that was interesting. Um, but I think, uh, for the most part, it, it worked out. I don't know next year. I mean, hopefully we won't have same COVID restrictions or what have you. Hopefully, uh, COVID will be somewhat of a thing of the past. Um, but next year, I think, uh, you know, they'll probably be, it'll, it'll probably be back at the regular time. But uh, I, th- I like the idea. I mean, it gave people a chance to spend more time tailgating, spend more time socializing, um, a chance to walk around and, you know, see the campus and and, and just kind of reminisce. Um, being on campus always bring, brings back memories for me. Um, uh, <laughs> one of the more obvious memories is uh, something that I talked about on the podcast uh, um, earlier this year, uh, Bethay Hall, uh, which was the dorm where I stayed in for three years. Um, but they all no longer there. So it's always weird to walk past or drive past, but th- what used to, because it's now an engineering building or something like that. Um, and it ain't the same. I mean, like, it just don't look the same. I mean, like, just imagine going to your old stomping grounds and, you know, somebody put up a million dollar condo. <laughs> like, you're looking like, damn. You know, I can't even bring my kid here to say like, yo, I used to stand at that dorm, right? I used to be in that, see that window right there? That was my my room, you know? So, um, so that's a little disappointing. Um, and, you know, honestly, with growth and development, things, some things just aren't what they used to be like. Uh, I remember when I got on campus, I called my brother. I said, well, I'm in, I'm in front of the, the band hall. And he was like, my brother was on the band. And he was like, the band hall or the old band hall? And I was like, there's an old band hall? He was like, yeah, the band hall where we used to be isn't there anymore. And I was like, well, that's where I'm standing. I'm standing right here in front of the, I guess, old band hall. He was like, yeah, there's a new one that's down the street. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, Yeah, man, I didn't know. I mean, like, who knew? Um. But yeah, so things change. Um, but there's there's a memory. I'll say this about South Carolina. Anybody else can say this about their campus. There's a memory on every inch of your campus. You got a memory for if it's a tree, <laughs> something happened around that tree. Um, obviously, each dorm has a memory. Um, for me, the stadium. Um, Oliver C. Dawson Stadium, Willie Jeffries Field. Uh, the stadium has so many memories. And, and I think that was one of the cool things was um, when I went to the game, when I finally went into because I went in the game right after it started. Uh, I went with some of my teammates and we sat and we watched. We sat in the end zone and we were able to kind of see the whole field and um, break down the game and stuff like that. And that was really, really dope. And it, it dawned on me like, 
I haven't sat with my teammates and actually watched the game probably since since I left. Because um, normally when I go to the game, I, I would go, Sharice and I would go together, or sometimes I go with, you know, my brother or something like that. Like, I, I can't ever remember being with 10 teammates watching the game. I, I, don't, I don't have those memories. Uh, so that leads me to believe it probably never happened up until this year. But that was dope. Um, just seeing the field and, and seeing the stadium and just bringing back memories of, you know, practices and, you know, even being on the practice field at the tailgate was, you know, very symbolic and very memorable because, you know, <laughs> almost died on that practice field a couple of times. Um, not literally, but, you know, felt like it. Um, but there's there's a memory of each part of the campus. So I think um, I encourage people to go to their homecoming. Um, oh, by the way, we won. <laughs> I guess I should let you know that we did beat Morgan State. Um, I can't remember what the score was, but we beat Morgan State pretty, pretty bad. Um, yeah, and Morgan, I don't I don't think I've we, well, I know we never lost to Morgan. Um, shout out to my boy B Cox from the Vault Classic Review podcast. He's a Morgan State alum. Um, but yeah, I don't think we ever lost to Morgan, at least not that. I, I know we didn't lose when I was there, but um, but I left, me and my teammates left after halftime, after we got a chance to see the marching 101 band, um, our marching band, world-renowned marching band. <laughs> um, but when I left, <laughs> we went back to the tailgate, right? So again, I said the tailgate's on the practice field. So from the practice field, you can see the scoreboard, right? So I see the scoreboard, and I just happened to look up at one point, and I saw the score, and it was like, I looked at it and it said fourth quarter, eight minutes left. And I was like, damn, this game is going slow. Cause like we had been out there. I don't know, man, it felt like a good hour and it was just moving really slow. And <laughs> so curiosity got the best of me the next day, that Sunday. And um, I looked at the box score and the box score will tell you what the attendance was and how long the game was and all the stuff like that. When I looked at the box score, the box score said, in a recap of the game, the game lasted four hours and 35 minutes. No football game should last four hours and 35 minutes. Listen, NFL games only last three hours. That's why when you watch NFL game, the game comes on at one o'clock and it's usually off by four, maybe four fifteen. I don't know how or why this game lasted that long. Um, I do know that we, you know, we won convincingly. So I'm assuming that Morgan State probably was throwing the ball a lot. And so if you're throwing the ball, if you have a lot of incomplete passes, you'll stop the clock. <clears throat> Excuse me. But again, there's no reason for a four hour and 35 minute football game. Um, so South Carolina, I don't know who, who's, who, I don't know how that happened, but South Carolina State and Morgan State, y'all need to tighten up. That's ridiculous. Uh, suffice to say, I'm a lot of fans weren't in the stadium by the time that game ended because you know people wanted to get back out the tailgating and stuff and getting drunk, you know, having a good time. Um, but yeah, it game shouldn't have been that long. Uh, one thing I will say uh, about homecomings is particularly HBCU's homecomings is that you will have people 
you will have schools that will claim that they have the you know best homecoming um i've been to quite a few different homecomings um howard claims to have a great home the greatest homecoming uh you know spellman morehouse um i've been to quite a few homecomings um since my son has been at Dion has been at uh, Alabama A&M been to Alabama and a- A&M's homecoming um there's a school in Greensboro <laughs> shout out to King Jern from the Frocast uh who he's a big fan of this school um school in Greensboro by the by the name of North Carolina, North Carolina A&T let me get that out North Carolina A&T State University um they claim uh to have the greatest homecoming on earth. Uh, they call it GHO. And it stands for greatest homecoming on earth. Um, I've been to their homecoming. It's 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 live, you know, it's, it's, it's nice. But I'll say this. I mean, anytime you have a collection of a bunch of black people and there's parties and stuff going on, it's going to be a dope time. It is what it is. So... <laughs> I I can't say that South Carolina State's homecomings are any better than Howard's. I can't say that Howard's any better than Gramlin's. I can't say the Gramlin's any better than, you know, FAMU's and FAMU's no better than North Carolina A&T, so forth and so on, right? But for Jiho, I did go to uh, Jiho, North Carolina A&T's greatest homecoming on earth. Um, this was in 1994. And I distinctly remember this homecoming because for whatever reason, North Carolina A&T put us on the schedule for their homecoming. So normally, let me let you in a little secret before I get out of here. It's widely known that you put a team on your schedule for homecoming because you expect to beat them. So for whatever reason, North Carolina A&T put us on their homecoming schedule. And we proceeded to beat the brakes off of them. The score was 46 to 24. So, hey, <laughs> that wasn't a good idea. Um, but, yeah, it was a dope homecoming for us. <laughs> um, and last but not least, I think uh, it, it goes without saying, all, for all HBCUs, I think it's important that we win. And what I mean by that is uh, we continue to love support financially support our hbcus um you know i, I might have a joke or two about fam you or north carolina ant but ultimately if you know me i'm i'm behind all hbcus because i'm a proud alum and a proud product of an hbcu and when one of us struggles we all struggle when one of us succeeds we all succeed and i think uh you know, we need to keep winning. We need to stay behind each other and, and continue to, to to fight for each other and fight for ourselves. Um, and, you know, in, in the case of South Carolina State, um, we're trending upwards. I'm very pleased with uh, our interim president and what I've seen thus far. Um, I like the direction that we're going. I think for a couple of years, we didn't have a, 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 a primary direction in which where we were going. Um, but very satisfied and i think it's important for us to win on and off the field uh, because ultimately when the school wins the students win and when the students win obviously you become alums and alums win because you know we got the money we're going to give back so 
but yeah, I had to get on here and talk about homecoming season. Uh, if you have not experienced a homecoming at an HBCU, do yourself a favor and get familiar and go to one. Go to several. Um, if you want to see a live one, <laughs> you want to come kick it with me, come to South Carolina State's homecoming next year. I'm, I will definitely be there. Uh, that's going to do it for me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.